Hi there. Welcome to the Healing Unscripted podcast, where we talk about the painful, powerful, beautiful aspects of healing. My name is Megan, and I am so glad you're here. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. So has anybody else been feeling just incredibly depressed lately? Because if so, this is absolutely the episode for you. We are going to be talking about how to dig your way out of a depression hole uh, brought to you by personal experience because I have been having a really rough go of it the last couple of weeks. But thankfully, I have been working on digging myself out of this depression hole. And I want to share with you uh, the resources I'm using, the strategy I'm, strategies I am utilizing and just generally any and all advice I have for getting your life back on track after depression. But before we dig on in, let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. Okay, so depression. It is famously not fun. Uh, And getting yourself out of depression is even less fun, if I'm being totally honest. At least when you're depressed, you're depressed. And you can just say, life is terrible and who gives a shit, honestly, right? But then when you start to come out of it and you realize how much damage has been done to your life during this dark period and you have to put it all back together, it almost sucks you right back into the depression because it's so much work and it's so overwhelming and it feels like you're never going to be able to put stuff back together again. But hey, that's why we're here this week. We are going to talk about how to get your life back on track after depression has completely derailed everything, starting with the house or apartment or whatever living space you are in. So you might be wondering, why start with my living space? Why start with the house? Why not start with self-care or hygiene or um, work even? No, I recommend starting with the house, uh, especially for neurodivergent folks, because if your living space is messy, then it gets really hard to focus. And that makes the other areas of digging yourself out of depression even harder, right? If your house is super messy and you find yourself overstimulated by it, then you're coping with that overstimulation while also trying to work on self-care or trying to work on your hygiene or trying to get your like actual job done. And it's way easier to do all of those things if you take care of the thing that is overstimulating you first. And so often that is the state of our home. Now, that being said, I don't think it's the right move to try to clean your entire house in one afternoon the moment you have any inspiration at all, because so often this is what we do, right? We sink into a depression and our whole house just sort of falls apart. It's it's way too much to do everything. We can't unload that dishwasher. We can't switch over the laundry. Heck, I can't even pick up my kids' toys when I'm really depressed. And so the house is just in this permanent state of disarray. And in the past, what I have done is the moment I have any energy at all, I'm like, I'm going to clean the entire house because this place is disgusting and I'm a pig and everything is awful. Now, you might be able to guess, but that is not actually helpful. First of all, number one, talking to yourself in that way is not helpful. Now, for me, this is how I was spoken to as a child. This is how we were taught to clean. We were told we were pigs. We were told we were filthy. We were told we were disgusting and messy and that essentially that mess was some sort of moral failing on our part. And so that's why that rattles around my head. And I think that's a really common experience. People are used to being shamed for their mess. 
but we're not going to do that to ourselves anymore. Other people can do whatever they want, but we are not going to do it to ourselves anymore. No, we're not. Instead, here's what I recommend. I recommend doing one thing every day to make your living space more livable and more functional specifically. It doesn't have to look amazing. It doesn't have to look like a Martha Stewart magazine. It just has to be functional for you. So if that means you have to buy some caddies off Amazon or a little rolly cart to hold all of your laundry supplies, whatever you need to make your house more functional, do that. And by doing one thing every single day, within a week or two, your house is going to be much more livable and you will have eased yourself into it in a way that won't burn you out and lead you back into depression because that's really what we want to avoid here. Getting your life back together after depression is not about becoming a good enough person again. You are always good enough. Depressed or not depressed, you are still good enough. Getting your life back together after depression is about being there for yourself, showing up for yourself, loving yourself, treating yourself like a person worthy of dignity and respect because you really truly are. For me, this looked like unloading the dishwasher the other day, even though I really didn't want to. And if I was depressed, I probably wouldn't have, but I was starting to feel a little better. And I was like, you know what? I think I actually have the energy to do this today. So I am just going to do it without thinking too hard and just go for it. And it might sound like such a small thing saying this out loud. I feel really silly, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I know there are people out there who are exactly like me, who are putting off unloading that dishwasher because they just feel so crappy. And I just want you to know that I get it and I've been there. So that's where I started. I started with unloading the dishwasher and now I'm moving on to laundry and we cleaned the floors the other night, my husband and I at like 9 p.m., which was not my favorite thing to do, did not make me happy, but my living space was cleaner and I was thankful for that. Once you've got the house back together, or at least you're on a train in the direction of better, <laughs> you know, things don't have to be perfect, but... Um, if, if you are headed in the right direction for your house, for your home, for your living space, then the next thing I would recommend working on is getting into a hygiene routine. Um, so when I'm depressed, I the last thing I want to do is shower. It feels exhausting. I don't even want to change out of my PJs. I just want to be in a blanket cocoon all day long. And uh, when I come out of depression... I do want to shower. I do want to change, but I've gotten into these habits and it's so hard to break out of them. And so what I recommend is waiting until the evening when your kids have gone to bed and your husband's playing his video game, or at least that's what mine does. And no one needs anything from you. And then use that time to say, I owe it to myself to just go get clean. Just enjoy a nice hot shower. Maybe turn on a podcast and just relax because this is my time. And so that's what I do. And usually I'm a morning shower person. So this whole showering in the evening thing kind of drives me crazy. But it's better to shower at a time that's a little uncomfortable than to wait for that perfect time to shower, but then not be able to do it because people expect things from me, right? If I try to wait until the morning, that means I have to get up before everybody's up so that nobody needs anything from me. Um... And when I'm coming out of a depression, it's really, really hard to convince myself to get up even a moment earlier than I absolutely have to. 
Finally, once the house is on track and your hygiene is on track, I recommend setting up a sort of carousel to deal with friends, work, and self-care. The reason I don't say you should start with work or start with self-care or start with friends the way I did with the house and with hygiene uh, is because these three are, at least for me, of relatively equal importance and of equal value when it comes to digging my way out of a depression. Talking with friends is a great strategy. Working a little bit is a great strategy. Taking time to read a book or journal is a great strategy. But focusing on only one of those is usually not very helpful for me. I need a variety of self-care things in my life, and that includes friends and work, to be perfectly honest. Um, so when I'm coming out of a depression, I like to um, take some time to hang out with friends, maybe in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evenings when people get off work when it's not summer anymore. I have some teacher friends, so sometimes in the summer we can hang out during the day. Um, and then whenever I'm not hanging out with friends, that's when I take my time to get my work done for my small business or um, maybe read my book or do some journaling. Now, if you're like me, <laughs> self-care doesn't come very naturally to you. I am one of those people who, when I'm on, I'm so on. I am so driven and so inspired and I have so many projects and so much energy and everything I wanna do and then depression hits and all of that is sapped away and I am just left exhausted. And when I finally start to come out of that depression, I just look around and my life feels so overwhelming and not at all what I pictured it, not the joyous bundle of energy that I want to be, that I know I can be. And so self-care feels like something I don't deserve. It feels like something that's going to be a waste of time. I need to work. I need to clean. I need to get my life back on track so I can be the energetic, wonderful person I know that I'm capable of being because that's the only way I'm going to be lovable. I think that if I take time to take care of myself and slow down and maybe I'm not the super energetic, bubbly person I know I can be, then I won't be good enough. I won't be lovable. And I'm learning that this is not true, but it still emotionally feels really true. Do you know what I mean? Where you can intellectually understand like, okay, this doesn't really make sense. I know I'm lovable, I guess. But emotionally... No, no, I only feel lovable when I am being that excitable, energetic person who is doing things and getting stuff done and tackling the world. When I'm putting my life back together, that takes tremendous courage and tremendous energy and effort. And it's like it doesn't even count in my mind. And so I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Uh, I had a conversation with my therapist recently, and she told me that self-care has to be a lifestyle. It's not a reward that I can earn. I don't have to earn it. I just get it by nature of existing. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> and I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So if anybody has any of their favorite forms of self-care... DM me on Instagram. Let me know because I am trying to add more self-care into my daily routine because right now, literally, I've mentioned it three or four times already, but reading a book and journaling are pretty much the only forms of self-care that I'm familiar with. I don't know how to do other forms. Sometimes I take a walk. That's a third one for me. Uh, <laughs> 
So yeah, let me know your favorite form of self-care. DM me on Instagram. Let me know that you liked the podcast. Um, and I would love to chat with you about it. I think that's all the tips I have for digging yourself out of a depression hole. I really, really hope that they help you because I know coming out of that space, that headspace can be so hard. And I just want you to know that I'm so proud of you for doing it. And you're definitely not the only person going through that right now. Um, I'm here and I am personally working on every last one of these things. So if you need to talk, please feel free to reach out to my DMs and I would love to chat with you. Thanks so much for listening and I will chat with you all next time. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you go and follow us on Spotify, leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, and make sure you tune in next week for another amazing episode.